Welcome to Setting Captives Free podcast. Jesus said, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. But many people wonder, how can I be free from things I've struggled with all my life? Anger, impurity, anxiety, depression, fear, gluttony, and so on. Well, today, Eric Hurt and Mike Cleveland study a passage of Scripture that will help you enjoy the freedom that Jesus died to give you. Well, good morning. Uh, my name is Eric Hurt, and I'm here uh, once again to do a, another podcast, and we just delight in these podcasts. We love to do them. And Mike, I know that you are excited about today's podcast, and you can't wait to get right to it. Right, brother? I can't wait to get right to it because it's a very misunderstood concept today, and we are going to hopefully by the grace of God, speak clarity to this issue. Thank you for choosing this topic, and let's begin. <laughs> Amen. And so, uh, first of all, let me just say real quick, if you are blessed by these podcasts, would you uh, please think about writing in uh, to Setting Captives Free? You can do that by uh, sending an email to helpdesk, all one word, helpdesk at settingcaptivesfree.com. That would be wonderful to hear how these podcasts are affecting your life or blessing you. Uh, so now today we thought we'd go through and use uh, Jeremiah 31, uh, 31 through 34. So Mike, would you like to start us off this morning? Sure. Uh, Jeremiah 31 verse 31 says, The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. So, uh, Eric, first of all, we have to understand that there was an old covenant, and then God promises here to make a new covenant, right? Amen. Yes. Yeah, and, uh, you know, this is just wonderful news here. Uh, the day they're coming. The days are coming. And uh, the old is going to pass away, basically, and uh, the new is going to be instituted. And uh, we're going we're gonna to see as we further along in this podcast, that it's truly uh, good news and the new covenant is, is, is good news, brother. Amen. As, as we think about this old covenant um, and the reason for the new covenant being established, here's where the confusion comes in, uh, where people have to be clear when they're reading their Bibles, am I reading old covenant or new covenant? So we have to be able to distinguish the difference between the two, and hopefully we'll be able to get a chance to, to do that today. Amen. And so, you know, as we continue on in verse 32, uh, it says, not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, uh, my covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, declares the Lord. I mean, this is just amazing, brother. Um, it's, it's not going to be like the old covenant. It's going to be totally different. It's not like the one I took them by the hand uh, when I led them out of Egypt. Um, it's not going to be, it's going to be a different covenant, brother. Uh, and although uh, God was their husband, uh, they were unfaithful, brother, weren't they? Yes, and this gives us an indication of where that old covenant started. When he took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt, he took them straight to Mount Sinai. And at Mount Sinai, he gave them a covenant of Ten Commandments. And that covenant basically goes like this, Eric. 
obey me perfectly or die forever. Uh, he instituted this old covenant right there at Mount Sinai by writing with his finger 10 commandments that, that those commandments, Eric, they, they illustrated, they, they showed us the character of God, that he's a holy God, a righteous God, that he requires uh, there to be no murder, no lying, no adultery, that there would be no idolatry. That's the first one where, where we would have no other gods before him. And this covenant was given to the nation of Israel. And Eric, they said, we will do it. Whatever God requires and demands and commands, we will do. And, and this is, was the heart of the people to obey. But the problem is they had a sin nature. And so they broke the covenant. Um, you, can, you can see that in the book of Joshua, chapter 1, where he says, Choose this day whom you're going to serve. And they all said, We will serve the Lord. We will keep his covenant. And Joshua, in, in fact, you know, people put that on their plaques, on their door frames. Choose this day who, is, who you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But they don't put the very next verse, which is, is where... Joshua says, you are unable to serve the Lord. You are not able to keep his covenant. Uh, and, and that is just as true for us today as it was for them. So the old covenant, the law was perfect, but there was a flaw in the covenant, which the, uh, the flaw was people's flesh, mm -hmm. our inability to perform God's requirements, our inability because of our flesh to keep his law. Yeah, and you know, the law and the old covenant became the greatest spotlight, didn't it? To highlight our sin and to highlight that, in fact, uh, we could never uh, measure up. We could never obey. And like you said, the law was weakened by our sinful flesh. We needed, Mike, we absolutely needed something new. We needed a new covenant because the old brother it really wasn't good news because it couldn't, there wasn't a law that could give life. And, and so, uh, the, but the new covenant is good news. Now, we're not saying that the old covenant uh, isn't good. Uh, we're just saying that the way that it highlights sinful man and it exposes us for who we are and it shows us that our complete inability in our own strength uh, to do anything about the flesh. That's exactly right. And we get an indication of the difference when we look at verse 33, the next verse. This is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel after that time. So he's talking now about the new covenant, declares hmm. the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and will write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. So Right away, we see two things here, Eric. First of all, that God is taking the initiative to do for the people what they are unable to do for themselves. In fact, if you look at this passage, simply count the number of times that you hear God saying, I will, and it's 20 times. I will save you the time of counting. <laughs> 20 times he says, I will. Look at verse 25. I will refresh the weary and satisfy the faint. Verse 27. I will plant the kingdoms of Israel and Judah. I will watch over them to build and plant. I will, I will, I will. 
as compared with the 10 times in the old covenant where God says, thou shalt, or you will, uh, you will not commit adultery, you will not lie, you will not, and so forth. So already we see the difference. And then the second thing we see here is that the new covenant would be internal. It would be in our hearts and in our minds, whereas the, the old covenant was an external law written on tablets of stone. The new covenant would be internal. It would first and foremost affect the heart. Uh, I will write it on their hearts. And, and in, in reality, the new covenant is where God circumcises the old heart, replaces the old heart of stone. The, the stone is the symbol of the old covenant written on tablets of stone given to people with hearts of stone. And here in the new covenant, what God does is gives us a new heart. And this new heart, he writes his law, his word, his gospel on our hearts. So it's internal. Isn't that just absolutely wonderful? Oh, it is. And I'm just over here just rejoicing as you are preaching uh, this good news to my heart. I'm receiving it, brother. And I am just filled with uh, just, it's just amazing that when you or anyone is sharing this good news, brother, it is really good news straight that hits straight to our heart, doesn't it? And I love how you said that it is, it's internal. It's not external. The, the new covenant is that which is internal, a work without hands, uh, a circumcision of the heart. It is the heart that must be affected. Um, you know, not rules. We know we can't follow rules and obey steps and laws. And it has to be something that God does. And although we have broke his covenant, and though he was a husband, he, he's not leaving us. He is going to bring something even greater in this new covenant. And um, I just love celebrating the cross with you, brother. It is just wonderful to, um, uh, to look at the cross together and, and to celebrate this good news. And in verse 34, he says, No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, Know the Lord, because they will all know me from the least of them to the greatest. I love that. From the least to the greatest, declares the Lord, for I will forgive their wickedness and I will remember their sins no more. Brother, <laughs> that is just tremendous. I will forgive their wickedness. I will remember their sins no more. You're completely wiped out, completely forgotten, cast in the sea of forgetfulness. Uh, he's cast your sin on Christ Jesus on the cross and remove them as far as the east is from the west. He's not even going to remember them uh, because of Jesus Christ becoming sin for us and removing our sin, clothing us in his righteousness, and giving us his spirit. I mean, this, brother, is good news, isn't it? Well, I'm just rejoicing in what you're saying here, uh, Eric. It's a delight to hear you preach the gospel like this. Um, but right here, we see what the basis of both covenants is. What's the foundation? The foundation of the old covenant was our performance. We had to measure up. We had to jump over that high bar, and we never could. Here, the basis of the new covenant in verse 34 is forgiveness. Uh, he says, you'll all know me. Why? For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. Isaiah 38, 17 says, I have 
put all their sins behind my back. Now, God doesn't have a back. He's a spirit. But what he's saying is, I've put your sins where I can never see them. Uh, they will never affect me. I will not, I will not treat you based on your sins. Uh, Micah chapter uh, 7 verse 19 describes the fact that he has hurled all our iniquities into the depths of the sea. Um, and so the basis of the new covenant, Eric, is forgiveness and the removal of sin. And so uh, just to take a second here, brother, to contrast the old and the new is very important. Um, when you're reading the scriptures, are you reading based upon the Old Covenant or the New? I'm not talking about the Old Testament or the New Testament. I'm talking about the Old Covenant or the New Covenant. Um, you know, so what we have to understand is even reading the words of Jesus himself, you know, we have to understand Jesus was born under law and he grew up under law. And he came to magnify the law. And, and as he dealt with the Pharisees, he would say things like, the old covenant says, don't commit adultery. But I say to you, if you've lusted in your heart, if you've had thoughts of adultery, then you have committed adultery. So what is he doing? He's magnifying the law, the old covenant. Now, why is he doing that, Eric? He's doing it so that we would sense our need for there to be a new way in which to become righteous. If I see that even my thoughts are condemned, even the lust in my heart mm. is condemned, oh my, I have no hope. Mm. I, I better just fall on the ground and plead for mercy. Mm. And is there no other way? Uh, and so, Eric, when is the new covenant established? This is a, an extremely important point. Because if we were to listen to the words of Jesus as he communicates to the rich young ruler, when the rich, rich young ruler says, what do I need to do to be saved? And Jesus said, you know the law, keep the law. If we were to listen to the words of Jesus and put ourselves under that old covenant, there would be no hope for us. As he says to the Pharisees, uh, you must be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. Eric, there's no hope for us. But that's the old covenant that Jesus came to magnify and to fulfill. And then he instituted a new covenant. And when did he do this, brother? Well, he did this on, on the cross, brother. And when we look in Hebrews 10, uh, we see that uh, the writer of Hebrews quoted from Jeremiah 31 and right on the heels where he says, their sins and lawless acts, I will remember no more. Uh, in verse 17, he follows that with verse 18, which says, and where there have been forgiven, uh, where these have been forgiven, sacrifice for sin is no longer necessary. Brother, all the sacrifices of the Old Testament were pointing up to this one sacrifice where it would end it all, uh, where it would, that's why Jesus said it was finished. Uh, this is where it was instituted through blood, the new covenant, the blood covenant of Jesus Christ. And uh, it, right there at the cross, wasn't it brother, where, where our sins were forgiven, uh, our minds were washed, our inside, our heart was cleansed, our heart of stone was removed, 
We were given a heart of flesh, brother, because you're right. We would otherwise have zero hope of being changed. Uh, we would have zero hope of being set free from our prison of sin, that which has taken over our very lives. We would have no hope if Jesus never died on that cross, brother. Uh, we would be trapped forever. But this is the covenant. This is the new covenant. And this is which brings hope uh, to all who look there and believe this wonderful message of the cross. You can be forgiven and washed and cleansed and be made new. Your old man can be put to death. And you can actually rise with the same power that Jesus Christ rose with. Free, free from the bondage, free from the power that sin had over your life for who knows however many years. It doesn't matter. And so this is the place uh, that we always draw our attention to because it's the only place, brother, of power to affect change in us. And isn't it wonderful to celebrate this? It is absolutely wonderful. Eric, I love how you put that. Um, in, in all of the effects of the new covenant that you just said. So let's make a summary. Um, Jesus uh, was the last Old Testament prophet. I'm sorry, the last Old Covenant prophet. He was born under law. He grew up under law, obeying God perfectly in our place. And now, Eric, God looks at you and every believer as having fully kept the Old Covenant law. Why? Because Jesus did, and you are in Jesus. Just like he saw you in Adam, where you took of the forbidden fruit, and you brought the curse of the law, and you uh, were disobedient to God. Now he sees you in the last Adam, where you perfectly kept the old covenant law, every demand, every command, every requirement you have fully met. You can see that in Romans 8, verse 3. But let's, let's summarize. Jesus born under law, grew up under law, taught the law. He also taught the gospel, pointing forward. Uh, he said, as a wheat, a kernel of wheat remains alone until it dies and falls into the ground, then it produces much fruit. What was he doing? He's pointing forward to the new covenant, to the gospel. So he's under law. He's keeping the law. He's teaching the law. He's magnifying the law until it comes to facing the cross. He says in Luke twenty two twenty, in the same way, after the supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Oh, Eric, look at it. He takes that cup of wine. He pours it out. What's that a picture of? When he would go to the cross he would pour out his blood. Mm. He would give up his life. Yeah. He would pour out from a heart that was stabbed by a Roman soldier. He would pour out his blood. Why? To institute a new covenant. Mm. And this new covenant is based upon forgiveness of sins. It's based upon the work God would do in making us righteous, in making us flawless. And so, Eric, we are not under the old covenant. The terms of the old covenant have been nailed to a cross. Mm -hmm. We are now under the new covenant, which means that we are forgiven. All those things that you mentioned, brother, mm -hmm. forgiven. We ourselves are put to death with Christ. 
our old heart was circumcised out of us. We were given a new heart, a heart of flesh. That is a heart that is alive, a heart that beats, a heart that loves. This all happens right at the cross. And it instituted, as you said, the new covenant in his blood, which is poured out for you. Uh, Eric, Jesus poured out his blood for you. Uh, he gave up his life for you. And in so doing, he not only fulfilled the old covenant, making you righteous, but he, he poured out his blood in the new covenant, forgiving you of all those wrongs you didn't do. So now God sees you as having been perfect, lived perfectly, and as forgiven of all the things that you didn't do right. This is tremendously good news. And I hope that those listening are celebrating, as I am over here just listening to you, Mike, just uh, celebrating in the contrast of the old and the new and how uh, that Jesus perfectly uh, fulfilled the law. And so in Christ, we have perfectly fulfilled the law. And that is just tremendous news. And, uh, you know, let me just finish up here in uh, Hebrews 10 verses 19. Listen to this, brothers and sisters. He says, therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way that Mike was just talking about, by a new and living way, opened up for us through the curtain, that is, his body. That is, body was the curtain that was torn, brother. It, it, it was his blood spilled out for us. And, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, with this new heart, brother, and with full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Exactly what you just said uh, when Jesus was speared in his heart, uh, the blood that forgives us and cleanses us, our conscience and removes our guilt. And, uh, you know, the water that cleanses and washes us. I mean, just so amazing that the curtain was torn in Jesus's flesh. And now we have access to the Father through Jesus. Everything's through the blood, isn't it, brother? The new covenant through blood. Everything, our whole belief system, everything that we connect to in God's word is always through blood. And it's amazing that this final sacrifice, as you uh, said earlier, uh, the last Adam, not just the second Adam, but the last one, Jesus Christ, who shed his blood uh, so that we might be forgiven and washed and redeemed and purchased out of the slave market. And uh, I mean, brother, if you could, would you uh, speak to at least one heart listening uh, and then close us in prayer, brother? Yes, if you have read the words of Jesus and the words of the old covenant, and have felt nothing but despair in your heart, have felt hopeless that you could ever be as righteous as your Father in heaven is, and therefore you can't enter the kingdom of God. If you've felt that the words of Jesus have condemned you because he was upholding the law, and you felt like there was no way you could meet them, then let us introduce you to the new and living way. 
come to Jesus, come to God the Father by way of the cross, where your sins were removed from you as far as the east is from the west, where they were thrown behind God's back, where he has placed them in the sea of forgetfulness. He no longer remembers your sin, brothers and sisters. He has removed them from you, and you have a new way to come to God now, but not based on your performance, but based on Jesus' performance, mm. where he kept the law in your place, where he died your death, where he rose for you to justify you. It's all based on what he has done. And I'll tell you, accepting this truth will change your heart. It will circumcise your heart. It will cut you and heal you. It will put you to death and make you alive. And you will live differently than you have before. And so come to the cross right now and look up. Receive the flowing blood. Jesus did it for you. He says in Luke 22, 20, it's for you that he shed his blood. And, and that water that flowed from a, a smitten heart cleanses you. Let it do its work just now. Father in heaven, please draw that person right now to the cross and cover them with your blood. Atone, show them the atonement that you've made on their behalf, that they might receive this new and living way. Understand now, maybe for the first time, that they're not under the old covenant, that there's a new covenant made, a better covenant that speaks a better word, the word of blood forgiveness, the word of blood atonement, the word of blood reconciliation. Lord, just thank you for this message of the cross today in Jesus' name. This has been a podcast of Setting Captives Free. For more information or to enroll in free interactive courses on finding freedom, please go to settingcaptivesfree.com. Tune in next time for more truth that sets captives free.